grace and his blessing be with us now and unto the age of all ages. Amen. I greet each and every one of you today on the fifth Sunday of the Coptic month of Aviv. And those of you who are sharp of hearing will know that not every month has the fifth Sunday. Usually a month will have only four Sundays in our lectionary. But today we have a fifth Sunday because today is the 30th of Aviv and it falls on a Sunday. So there is an extra Sunday in this month. And in our church and in our piety, we call this Sunday the Sunday of Blessing because it is an overflow. It is an extra Sunday. It's a Sunday of blessing. And every time in the church that we have this extra fifth Sunday in any month, we read this gospel, this, this passage about the miraculous feeding with five loaves and two fish. And before I meditate on the passage itself, I want to reflect on the fact that today is an opportunity for each and every one of us to thank God. Because this is the Sunday of blessing, the Sunday of abundance. And it is a good time for us to really consider all of the blessings that the Lord God has given us. And I know that this is oftentimes difficult in the modern world because most of us were born and raised in a society and in a world where everything really has been provided for us. We're all born in a house in which there is an abundance of food. And not just the food that we need, but any extra food that we want, we can go out and easily get. We were born in a house that has a working roof and plumbing. And on top of this, all of the convenience and the technology that we have today, we might be foolish to think that this is all normal. But if you are a student of history, and you read in the annals of history, you will see that the way we live today, really each and every one of us is like a king and a queen. And this is not how people lived throughout history. People worked hard to make their own shelter, to find their own food. They worked hard in the midst of wars and famines just to survive. And so the life that we lead, especially today, I want all of you to remember this is a charmed and a blessed life. And we pray that God allows us to continue in peace and tranquility, but as always, we don't know the future. And so today is a wonderful chance for us to really reflect on everything that God has given us and to thank Him from the depth of our heart. And not only to thank Him for these material things of which I have spoken, but also to thank Him for what I like to call the scandal of salvation. The scandal of salvation is a phrase that refers basically to this. If each and every one of us really examines ourselves, and we think about the choices that we make, and, and just how often we choose death, how often we choose sin, how often we choose to be away from God, we choose the things of the world, then we realize that really we have nothing good in us, that we constantly choose not God, and we really have nothing good in us. But the scandal of salvation is that despite this, the Lord came and offered us the path of salvation if we believe in Him. And this is really scandalous because I've said this before, if God really was just, perfectly just, 
He could have left us after we chose sin, but He did not leave us, and instead He gave us a path to be with Him in the kingdom of heaven for all eternity. He gave us the path of salvation. And so that, in addition to what I just mentioned, is something that we should reflect on today and thank God from the bottom of our hearts that He gave us this. And the Sunday of Abundance is a wonderful time uh, to meditate on all of these things. Now going to the passage today, I want to meditate with you on three points of this passage. And firstly, I want to speak about the characteristic of our Lord Jesus Christ that we see in today's passage, the characteristic of compassion. He was in the wilderness teaching his people, his flock, and then he sees, he lifts up his eyes and he sees that the multitude doesn't have food to eat. And then he began performing this miracle out of his compassion. Now in the version of the story from Mark chapter 6, we are told that when he saw the multitude of 5,000, he was moved with compassion for them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he nourished their souls firstly with his words, and then he nourished their bodies with the food that he blessed and multiplied. And so in this image of our Lord Jesus Christ in today's miracle, we see him as our compassionate savior, as the good shepherd for whom mankind had been waiting. In the Old Testament, we read that uh, in the story of the holy prophet Moses, and the Hebrews who had been enslaved by the Pharaoh in Egypt, we remember that God appointed Moses as their leader to bring them out of the land of Egypt and into the promised land. Because of the hardness of their hearts and their sins, the Hebrews ended up wandering in the wilderness aimlessly for 40 years without reaching the promised land. And towards the end of the 40 years, Moses prayed to God that he might appoint a successor to lead the people into the promised land. And I want to uh, uh, share this passage with you, and I hope that you can listen carefully to what Moses says when he asks God to appoint for his people a new leader. And he says, a leader who may lead them out and bring them in, that the congregation of the Lord may not be like sheep, which have no shepherd. Does that sound familiar? They should, because they are almost exactly what our Lord said in Mark chapter 6, when he had compassion on the multitude and he fed them. And so we see this image of the Hebrews leaving Egypt and wandering aimlessly in the wilderness for 40 years. This is a symbol of us. This is what we were like. This is how the Lord found us as sheep without a shepherd. Throughout our struggle, the Lord is with us. He came to us as a compassionate good shepherd and he nourished us with his own life, with his body and his precious blood, just as the Hebrews, as they were in the wilderness, were nourished by the manna in the days of their struggle in the wilderness. So our Savior, therefore, is the compassionate Good Shepherd, the one who sees that we are like scattered sheep, and He comes to nourish us 
with his own life. You know, in these days especially, we are oftentimes about clean eating. And so we go to the supermarket and we like to read the ingredients of the food that we buy to make sure there, is no, there are no ingredients that maybe are harmful to our health. What, what would be the ingredient list of the Eucharist? If we can give you an ingredient list of the body and the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ, what would be the ingredient list? There would only be one ingredient, the first and only ingredient, and that ingredient would be the life of Christ. This is the ingredient list of the Eucharist, the life of Christ. Our Lord told us in John 10, I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. And that is exactly what we see in today's gospel. Our Lord, the good shepherd, he nourished his people in the wilderness. He nourished us forever by giving his life on the precious wood of the Holy Cross, and he continues to give his life to us in every liturgy when we approach and receive him. And this is the wonderful compassion of the Good Shepherd, which led one of the Eastern Orthodox saints to compose this beautiful passage. When he meditated on Christ as the Good Shepherd, he said, even when I, in my senselessness, rejoiced in being led astray, you could not bear to see me led about and dragged in dishonor, but you had compassion, O Master, and showed pity on me. It was not an angel or a man whom you sent to me, miserable sinner, but you yourself were moved by your tender goodness, and you came to me. This is the image that we see in today's gospel. This is the wonderful compassion of our Good Shepherd, which we must keep in our hearts. Secondly, brothers and sisters, let us speak about the young boy in today's miracle and the food that he shared. We learn a lot from this young boy, and we learn a virtue that we know in Orthodox spirituality as stewardship. I want you to remember this word, stewardship, being a good steward of what we have. What exactly is stewardship? In simple terms, stewardship refers to how we live our lives, acknowledging that every blessing we have comes from God, and then, this is probably the most important part, and then cheerfully using and sharing these blessings with others. So it's twofold, it's two parts. First, I acknowledge that everything I have and everything I am and everything I have received comes from God. That's number one, and that's important. But then stewardship is also cheerfully, and I want to underline cheerfully, sharing that blessing with others. Stewardship is an acknowledgement that everything we have, everything we possess, Everything we are is given to us for the purpose of using them for God's work in this world. And today this might be a strange message for us to hear because we live in an individualistic society that teaches people to acquire for themselves as much as they can. 
In our self-centered society, it is perfectly acceptable to put yourself first to the exclusion of others. But what did we hear in today's Gospel reading when our Lord Jesus Christ compassionately looked upon the crowd and he found they had nothing to eat? The Holy Apostle Andrew, in, in the version of this from the other Gospels, he found a young boy who had some food. This boy had five loaves and two fish. And this boy was willing to share all of it. He was willing to share everything he had, the five loaves and the two fish with Christ and also with his brothers and sisters. Now today, the young boy, if, if this had happened today, all of us would have excused him and none of us would have said anything if that young boy would, would have said, this food is mine. It's for me. It's for my family. I don't have more that I can give. This is just for me and for my sustenance. I can't share it. I don't think anyone today would say a word. We would say, yeah, we, we understand. We get that. Because that's how we've been raised in today's individualistic society. But this boy didn't say this. Instead, he freely offered everything he had. And he gave it to Christ and to the multitude. That is stewardship. That is good stewardship. The young boy recognized that these five loaves and two fish were given to him by God as a blessing. And he freely shared it with others through Christ. And it is the same with us, dear brothers and sisters. If we want to truly be human, if we want to truly be human, then we must see that everything we are and everything we have is a blessing from God. And then we must offer these blessings back to God in thanksgiving and in love so that we can do the will of God here in this world. We remember in Genesis chapter 1, verse 28, the Lord God commanded our foreparents, Adam and Eve, to be fruitful and to multiply, to fill the earth and to subdue it. And oftentimes people interpret this verse to simply mean that Adam and Eve were commanded to have children in their marriage. And that is of course true, but there is a broader meaning to this verse. To be fruitful and to multiply also refers to our responsibility to be productive and profitable as human beings. It's to live up to our calling as human beings that we might receive all of these blessings from God and then share them with others. Remember that when the Lord God fashioned the first man, Adam, He didn't leave him to be lazy. He didn't say, Adam, I made you, now go and sit your whole life and rest and do nothing. Instead, the Lord God gave to Adam a job. He gave him a vocation. He gave him a calling immediately. He told Adam that he was to tend the Garden of Eden. He was to work and to offer everything that the Lord God gave him, to offer it back to God in thanksgiving. And this teaches us that to be human in a true sense is to receive the blessings of God, to work with them, and then to be productive for the good of the world. 
This is what it means to be human, and this is the path to happiness. I've noticed, and I'm sure all of you have noticed as well, there is a lot of depression in this world. There is a lot of depression, and I am certain that a good portion of this depression comes from the way that we live. It comes from the selfish way that we live, that we just receive and keep on receiving without ever giving. And it also comes from the fact that we are not productive. We want everything easily. We want the easiest path, the path of least resistance. We don't want to actually go and work and be productive. But I promise you, brothers and sisters, if you embrace a life in which you work and you are productive, you will be living in paradise on earth. Because even though it's hard work, and yes, you're going to sweat, and you're going to be sore, and you're always going to be working and depriving yourself of some rest, but deep down, you're going to feel fulfilled. Because this is what it means to be human. And the reason why so many people are depressed today is because the way they live is so different from their calling as human beings. And so deep down, we feel that something is off. We're made to be productive. We're made not to be lazy, but we choose to be lazy. And because of that, even though everything is great, and we have food and we have convenience, we have everything, we're still not happy because there is a disconnect. Something is wrong. We're not living according to our calling as human beings. Stewardship means that we must be productive for the good of the world. That means every one of us here should be productive. Productive spiritually, first and foremost. That refers to your work and your prayer and in your fasting, your reading the holy books, your work in the liturgy, your work as a Christian, to be productive spiritually. And when you do that, you will have an otherworldly peace that radiates from inside because you're going to be doing the work that God gave you. And not just to be productive spiritually, but also productive in the world. If you are a student, to be a good student, to be diligent, not to be like all of the other students who cheat, who lie, who do, who use AI to write their essays. No, that shouldn't be you. You should be the one who is diligent, who is reading and working hard. Because through that effort, not only do you get good grades and secure a good future for yourself, but through that effort, you also live up to your calling and you will have peace. This is what I mean when I say to be productive. And not only as students, but also, of course, in every other aspect, in your work, in your family, in every aspect of your life, to be a good steward and to be productive through good work. This is our calling as human beings. Now, in today's gospel, did you notice how our Savior multiplied the food? It is actually a mathematical formula that they're not going to teach you in school. What we've learned, if you want to multiply something, we've learned addition. If I have one thing, now I have to go out and get another thing. Now I have two. Now I have to get another thing. Now I have three. It's multiplying by addition. I keep adding. That's what the world teaches us. But here in today's gospel, the Lord teaches us a mathematical formula that is infinitely better. 
He teaches us that our Lord, or our Lord teaches us through His Word, that He multiplied the food by division. He multiplied the food by dividing the food. Our Father among the saints, St. Cyril of Alexandria, he encourages us in this beautiful passage. He says, initially the disciples were reluctant to feed the hungry, but seeing this, the Savior gave to them in abundance from the fragments from what he divided. This teaches us as well that we, by expending a little for the glory of God, shall receive richer grace according to the saying of Christ, a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. And St. Cyril goes on and says, Therefore we must not be lazy regarding the communion of love toward our brothers and sisters, but rather put away from us as far as possible the cowardice and fear that lead to inhospitality, even our smallest acts of goodness. Of course, St. Cyril says this in a very profound and beautiful way, but let me summarize it for you simply. We multiply by dividing. By dividing, I mean we take the blessings that God has given us and we give what we can to others. And through that division, we are multiplied in grace, we are multiplied in goodness, and also we are multiplied in the material things as well. The more we give, the more we receive. Our problem today is that oftentimes we don't give at all. We just want to receive, or we're fearful about giving. We're worried, if I give, will there be enough for me? But of course that betrays a lack of faith. If I give, and I give cheerfully, and I truly trust in God, I'm always gonna be okay by giving. That division is going to result in multiplication for me. And that is the lesson that we learn in today's gospel. Third and finally, brothers and sisters, I want to speak to you today about synergy. Synergy refers to, so that's the other S word, the first one we had was stewardship. Synergy is, this, is the last one I want you to remember. This refers to our working with God. Our working with God. One of the most striking aspects of today's gospel is the fact that our Lord invited the disciples to work with Him. Our Lord knew that He was going to perform the miracle. Our Lord, of course, could have performed that miracle without their help. Our Lord could have rained bread from heaven as He did in the Old Testament when Moses led the people in the wilderness. He could have. The one who raised Lazarus with a single word could have rained bread and fish from heaven if He wanted to, but He didn't. Instead, He invited the disciples to work with Him as he performed the miracle. He asked the disciples, he said, first of all, you give them to eat. And when they told him, we don't have anything, but here are five loaves and two fish, then he included them. He said, okay, I want you to make the multitude sit down, divide the 5,000 into groups of 50, right? And so our Lord included them. And in doing this, our Lord manifested the great blessing that He gives us in allowing us 
to work with him even today, even today. This is service. This is what service is all about. Even those of us who are sinful and there is nothing good in us, myself being the weakest and the worst among you, even we are allowed to be co-workers with God in his work for tending his sheep. I always enjoy when someone is called to service, I come and I speak to them and I say, I'd like for you to serve and do this. And they respond rightly, I'm not fit to be a servant. That's correct, because none of us truly ever is fit to be a servant. But then I like to remind them, Moses, for example, when the Lord called him, Moses tried to give God every excuse. By this time, Moses had already committed murder. Remember, he committed, he murdered one of the Egyptians who was maltreating one of the Hebrews. And so God called him to service despite that sin. And Moses then goes on and tells God, well, I stutter, I'm not a good speaker, I, I have an issue with anger. But God said, I will speak through you. Yes, you are someone who is flawed. You are like a vessel that is cracked. But if I fill that vessel that is you with my grace, you can do the work that I have called you to do. And so we see the great blessing, even though we are sinful and we are like cracked vessels, God pours His grace inside of us and He allows us to work with Him. And this is what service and what synergy is all about. And when you think about it, this is really what we do in every liturgy, right? The, the, I like to mention this at least several times a year. The little that we do in the liturgy is really nothing compared to what God does in the altar when He gives us His body and His blood. And so this is an icon of how God calls us to work with Him. And I hope that we all can embrace this and understand that this is part of our calling as human beings. Everyone in the church should have a service. I want you to listen to that carefully. What I'm not saying Everyone should be a Sunday school servant, or everyone should be a chanter or an ecclesiastical choir girl. I'm not saying that, but everyone should have a service, whatever it is. Some of you, for example, might be talented in painting. We need to paint. Some of you might be talented with uh, doing the work of an electrician. We need. Some of you are talented in feeding the Lord's brethren in the park and preparing blessing bags. We need. We have so many services and everyone should serve in something. Because again, this is what it means to be human. We're not called not to serve. We're not called just to take care of our own needs. We're not called to be lazy and unproductive. We are called to work and to be good stewards be productive, and to work with God. This is what it means to be a Christian, and above all, this is what it means to be a human. And so today, brothers and sisters, as we meditate on the Sunday of Blessing, let us first and foremost thank God from the bottom of our hearts for the scandal of salvation that He saved us when there is nothing good in us. Let us thank Him for all of the abundant material 
blessings that we receive living today as kings and queens, unlike most other human beings who came before us. Let us see our Savior as the compassionate Good Shepherd and understand that this is his character and this is fundamentally how he relates to us, even today in our struggles and all of the things that we deal with in this world. Let us see him also as the one <clears throat> who calls us to serve him and the one who asks us to be good stewards of the blessings that he has given us. May God help each and every one of us as we continue our journey in this world towards his eternal kingdom and glory be to God forever. Amen.